Hello and welcome to The Sound Architect. I'm joined by the fantastic Tim Wynn. Thanks for joining us today, Tim. How are you? Good, Sam. How about yourself? Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. And excited to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Now, before we discuss your current work on the upcoming release, XCOM 2, can you tell us a bit about how your journey into music composition began? Yeah, um, I mean, I always wonder how far people want me to go back, but I, I think for me, I, I look back in the days way before, um, you know, iPhones or iPads or, you know, constant stuff that I, I feel like I, I always had music going rattling around in my head. And I think that, you know, between waiting for your parents to pick you up after a, a football practice or something like that, that I, I would spend time writing music while I'm waiting or, um, you know, I used to ride my bike everywhere. And, and so I would always have... Uh, music going in my head, whether it would be something from the Beatles or something from ELO or some another band that my brother and my sister were playing at the time and exposing me to, um, I was always just drawn to you know music and and uh, and writing it and composing it, you know. And then yeah, eventually I started uh, getting involved with uh, you know I, I I did the the high school band thing and and awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, played played guitar and and oh, it's true. Coolest, coolest instrument. Girl, girls like guitar, and uh, uh, so that that worked out rather well in high school. And and uh, at that time, I was kind of introduced to classical music, and I started gravitating towards composers like uh, Debussy and Ravel, um, Benjamin Britten, you know, those type of guys. And and I, I you know, kind of reflecting on that, I started thinking about why I was gravitating to those specific composers. And, and, uh, there was another composer, uh, Gustav Holst that, you know, really kind of turned it on for me. And, and what they all have is sort of a visual component to their music. Uh, they, you know, the, between the tone poems or the, um, you know, and obviously Gustav Holst and the planets, that's a, you know, pretty obvious one, but, there was just something something to it to where it wasn't just like a, a Bach cantata or or you know where it was just music sort of by itself. It really just had something that it told a story. Yeah, something extra. Something extra, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I was gravitating towards that and it just kind of fell into at you know, at college, you know, uh film scoring and uh, you know, I went to USC, I met my partner Chris Leonard's there and and uh uh, fellow composer and and we're uh you know we really started working together right out of school and uh, i was doing movies and uh and uh, tv and you know it just it just kind of it just everything just kind of grew up from one little point to another yeah and you've had a fantastic career so far is there any point that in particular that you can point to and say that was a big turning point for you i mean i i think obviously going to usc and it was really a big turning point for me because it, at the point I didn't really know what, what scoring was, you know, I knew I liked to write music. I wrote songs all the time. I wrote instrumental pieces all the time, but it really was, um, having my eyes open by the instructors there at USC, which, you know, I, I studied under uh, Jerry Goldsmith, oh, wow. Elmer Bernstein. Yeah. And, uh, Chris Young, you know, and, uh, uh, Bruce Broughton and a few other, you know, legendary guys. And, yeah. You know, and it just really, I, I kind of looked at myself then and I, I remember looking at Chris too going, wow, we've, we've found, this is what we want to do. We're, we're really excited. From there, it just was, it was just, you know, kind of meeting the right people and, 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 uh, 
um, you know, getting your music out there and, and, uh, making, you know, cassette tapes back in the day. <laughs> Old school. Sending off a real demo tape. Yep. That was, uh, that's those... scary is it that some listeners out there won't even know what a tape is anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, we, we can have another discussion about the people about that, but, uh, yeah, I, I won't miss the days too of when, you know, uh, starting off doing the, um, the first demo CDs and, you know, and I don't know how much experience you've had of writing CDs, especially at the very, very, very beginning. Um, it, I mean, half of them you would you would try to do five, and you would have to use twenty CDs because half of them would fail. Yeah, I used to burn discs all the time, and then you just yeah. constantly get to. Uh... Yeah, oh, yeah, you know, buffer underrun again. What the heck? I don't know what I do. You know, so you know, people that you know today they they don't have to deal with the 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 sound of the modem you know, for AOL or some sort of thing like that, or, or, you know, using the setting up sense through a SCSI train, a chain instead of a MIDI and all. Yeah. It it was, uh, it it, it was tricky to say the least. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you've learned, you must've learned quite a lot over your, your career across different platforms and different formats and everything. Is there a, is there a key bit of advice that you would pass on to people considering a career in music composition? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a few little things like um, I feel like looking at my career, the ability to play guitar and um, you know keyboard and th- things like that. The that has been a small little thing that has been very, 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 very helpful uh, to be able to do you know sort of cross genre stuff. Where um, yeah, I, I'm classically trained. I have my music, uh, my degree in composition, but I can do rock and roll styles I can do you know kind of just do everything so um that was one of the things that was very helpful for me uh getting started um you know I I think too is is people they kind of get hung up on you know all the time and I get asked this a lot like well, what do I do now what do I do now well it, it takes time to get on the map I mean you're not gonna you're not gonna you know graduate from you know the Berkeley School of Music USC um, you know, in any of the places that are, you know, renowned for this sort of stuff. And, you know, Steven Spielberg's not going to be like, oh my God, I, now this is the one, this is the guy that I, or gal I've been waiting for. She's the one, you know, that that's going to, you know, change it. Um, there's a lot of super talented people out there. Um, but there's also a lot of opportunities. So I know it sounds really simple, but just write music. I mean, make good music, learn your craft. It takes a long time time and i've had you know i have assistants and i have people like that and and they're some really talented people i meet the the younger people and uh and it it takes it still takes time to to learn the craft and and not it doesn't happen in a week it just it takes takes a long time so just be patient and you know write good music and be a good person don't step on anyone's toes and and, (laughs) yeah i mean you'll it, it you know it'll find you somehow you know and be open to open to other opportunities. I mean, I, I, again, growing up, I, I, I wanted to be, you know, the next John Mayer or the, you know, Sting or some sort of, you know, singer songwriter guy. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't really, it didn't turn out that way. And if I could look back and, and now in my forties, I can, you know, say, Hey, this, this is what you ended up with when I was 16 years old. I'm sure, you know, the look on the, 16 year old Tim Wynn's face would be a little bit like, huh, that's interesting. I did. I never thought that I was going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's cool, you know, and, uh, I, I love, you know, working on films and, and games and, and, you know, 
it's it's fantastic. So I you know I couldn't be happier. Yeah, and like you say, you've worked on a variety of formats like TV, games, movies. Would would you say there's any particular key differences when composing across the mediums that you found? Well, the the simple one is TV. You got to be much faster. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you get a week to be brilliant, and uh, that's one of the key things. Um, I think with TV too that it takes a while. You know, it takes a little while to get the style of the show, but once you get the style of the show, um, subsequent seasons, you you know, you're kind of just building off of what you've already done. Right. You know, Game of Thrones doesn't sound like episode. You know, or season one doesn't sound. You know, sounds just like season five. Yeah. And. And it's it it's it should it should sound that way. And um, the same thing goes, you know, for you know for the shows that you know that I work on. Like uh, I've been working on eleven seasons of Supernatural, and it's you know the same sort of sound palette that we've been using all all this time is is the same. So that becomes really kind of nice, like a comfortable old shoe. But you know, well, with- yeah, I have to just kind of say on a side note that I absolutely love your work on Supernatural. Big fan of the music on that. So. Ah, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I get to work on that with uh, you know my partner Chris Leonard, so it's 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 fun to to uh, you know be able to pitch in there, and uh, you know it's just a great show, and and you really you you look forward to working on it every single week that you can, and and uh, just kind of like always hanging out with your old buddies, sort of thing. Awesome. Yeah, but for films, you know, you and video games, really, you're, you're really starting off with a, a clean sound palette where you're trying to create that. Uh, new sound for it, and it's it, you know much more of a flushing out themes over long periods of time rather than trying to be a genius in a week sort of thing. So uh, you you get more time to really hone your craft if possible. I guess that's that's not really necessarily fair, but you 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 do you know you do have more time to, to take more risks. I should I should say. Yeah, I suppose you can experiment a bit more, can't you? Right, you know, and and I've had it I've had it where I've worked on a game and I'm keep on, you know, trying something and it's not really working and the audio director is kind of getting, wait a second, you know, I thought, you know, we were, this was going to be good and this and that. And I said, look, you know, aren't we in the trust tree here? I thought we were going to, you know, explore each other's, you know, let's, let's, let's try it. Let's see. We know what will work. Let's try to see what won't. And that way we'll have kind of a baseline and, and, it, and the score turned out fantastic. But if you're had of an audio director that allows you to try new things, then that makes all the difference. You can really make something super creative. Yeah, definitely. So going back to video games, then let's let's talk about XCOM Two. It's exciting stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm really excited. It's coming out tomorrow. Yes, at the time of recording, coming out tomorrow. So yeah, how does it feel to return to more XCOM action? Uh, I mean, I I love it. I mean, it's you know when I first got approached for it, uh, you know after playing uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown. I was I was like, well, I don't know what's the story that we're going to be telling here. Here it is that uh, at the end of XCOM Enemy Unknown, you're uh, you know, you've kicked out the aliens and you've destroyed their mothership and I mean, that's great. So what's what's next? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it turns out that was just a scout ship and, and it's overtaken and the whole world's overtaken and you have this sort of evil uh, you know, overlord, you know, humans that are working with the aliens controlling the world. So the music choices that I w- was working out were a little bit different. It's more of a guerrilla warfare style of, of sound rather than something a little bit, you know, less powerful, I would say. Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it completely changes the perspective of the player, doesn't it? So now, it, as opposed to fending them off, you're, you're kind of fighting as a revolution type thing, aren't you? 
Yeah, you know, much much like what happened in uh, 1776, kind of something like between us Brits and uh, America. So that was, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it was it was there was a guerrilla warfare sort of like element for it. You had to be some elements of it were much more sneaky. Um, you, you know, the the music would have a little bit of guile. Uh, all that sort of stuff would go into it, and um, you know, the the sound of what I did for XCOM two was in the same it, we weren't reinventing the wheel when it came for the score for XCOM 2 I just was you know it was more of an evolution of the sound than it was anything else and you know starting from scratch so it was just highlighting the difference between the two yeah you know the two different you know sort of scenarios you're working on we doing XCOM so in terms of your approach then how did you kind of evolve that to the next level how did you build upon what you'd done before well, what I did was I looked back on some of the really infamous film scores, you know, electronic, sort of an old school approach to it. And so I looked at the uh, Goldsmith score for Logan's Run. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if you're familiar with that, great score. Great classic, yeah. Yeah, yeah really good. And uh, and, and Blade Runner. Oh, another fantastic one. Yeah, Evangelist, yeah. So that was that was something. And, and so I came at it, what would those scores kind of sound like um, in 2016? And so I tried to incorporate some of the kind of the older type synths with the newer synths and the organicness of, you know, the orchestra. So, uh, you know, kind of blending everything together and just trying to see what more can be done from that and kind of pushing the boundaries between the old and the new to, you know, kind of create this new kind of hybrid sound. Yeah, awesome. And, and how did you try and reflect that futuristic vibe in your music? Well, I mean, I, I think the futuristic stuff was you know a little bit in the melodic content that kind of tell the story the sort of the arpeggiated sense it's kind of the same sort of thing i mean i think i think the electronic nature of it it instantly takes you into that sound world where you you feel like you know the futuristic things because it when i first saw the artwork from xcom 2 it does look like it looks like it was real clean and i mean the aliens took over everything and they, they cleaned it up you know, <laughs> there's no, it's not, it doesn't look anything like, you know, the original XCOM. So I think the choices that I made with the synths kind of had a much cleaner sound in places. And I tried to, it was kind of the, yeah. uh, you know, clean and dirty and like how, how to kind of balance all the different elements. And I was pretty happy with how it turned out. So um, I hope everyone listening and, and playing the game uh, will feel the same. Yeah, we'll have some clips below as well uh, to embed. But is there anything else in particular we should listen out for in the score that you're you're kind of quite proud of? Um, I mean, I, that's always a tough one because you know it's like if you have like ten kids, which one is your favorite? You know, that's always the dangerous one. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I I love uh, the score I did for Red Faction Gorilla was really fun and interesting. I, I liked the theme for that, and that turned out really good. And, you know, I got to work up at Skywalker Ranch with their orchestra. Wow, nice. Yeah, that was really fun. And uh, Command & Conquer Red Alert 3, I was really... That was a different kettle of yeah, fish. another great one. Yeah, that was that was fun. And, and uh, you know, I got to collaborate with uh, James Hannigan on that and Jason Graves for Command & Conquer. Oh, yeah, both fantastic composers. They're great. They're really great. And great, great people. And, and uh, Yeah, definitely great guys. You know, for Red Alert 3, I'll never forget. So I was doing recording the orchestra, and I had most of the orchestra cues up at Skywalker Ranch. And James, uh, you know, Hannigan, had, he had one cue that had to be recorded up there. So, you know, I was producing it. And so we cut, and this is the main titles for Red Alert 3. Oh, right, cool. Yeah, so, so I get start getting ready to, uh, to start recording it for him. And 
the main melody line, which is all in the French horns, was absent. So, <laughs> so you know, my claim to fame for that score was having to, uh, you know, quickly turn that around and transcribe it and, and uh, for James. And, uh, you know, I, I love the piece of music that he did, the Soviet march that he did for Red Alert 3. It was a fun, fun time. Awesome. It sounds quite like it was quite intense and fun at the same time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Is there any isolated moment within the XCOM 2 soundtrack that you're particularly proud of? Yeah, I mean... I like I I like there's two main themes really that goes through it. There's the XCOM theme and there's the the Advent theme. And I I like the juxtaposition between the two. You know, XCOM theme is your, you know, more of the heroic sort of Marvel Comics heroic, you know, type score. Yeah. And then the Advent stuff is a little bit more electronic, a little bit more simple, a little bit more dogmatic, and it just has this simple just oppression vibe to it that i that i was you know listening to it now where you have something in your mind of what you want to do and sometimes it doesn't always come off but but this time it really it, it was exactly what i wanted to do and exactly the feeling the vibe it came through i was listening to the cue that if you've ever played XCOM, they'll end your game. If you're not beating the aliens, you know, you can lose. And the, <laughs> yeah. the lose screen will come up and it, it'll play the advent theme and just kind of like, na 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 na. You know, it'll be, you know, kind of like a, a kid making fun of you for, uh, for, for losing. So I hope you don't get a chance to discover that, but uh, you can buy the soundtrack and listen to it if you're just a, a kick ass player. So, well, it's available at the moment, isn't it? The XCOM 2 soundtrack? Yes, it is. Uh, well, tomorrow, everything's going to be released tomorrow. And then it will also be released on vinyl, I think, in about two months. There's going to be a whole, uh, I think they're going to release the XCOM 1 soundtrack and XCOM 2. So they'll be, you know, you'll, you'll get double, double whammy there awesome. for you. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Okay, so what lies in store for you in 2016? I have a game coming out in April that I can't talk about too much. I have a show running on uh, Netflix right now, a TV show that's a, a drama called Atelier. Okay, cool. If you really want to hear some differences in, in music, that's a whole different sound than, than what's going on with the XCOM and the video game stuff. So you can check that out. And uh, that was a fun project. I'm starting a Disney show sometime this year. So that'll be news to be coming out as well. So a lot of good things happening in 2016. And XCOM just is the, fir- the first one to happen. And, and uh, I can't wait, wait for it. Okay. I have a fun question to finish up with then. Okay. If you could have a drink with anyone, alive or dead, who would it be? <laughs> Those are the gotcha question. Well, let me see. Who does everyone always say? Um, um, well, maybe Vincent Van Gogh. And I know that's kind of a strange answer, but it's interesting. The reason why is, well, I, I, I get, I, I, I always am amazed of how. I mean, other he was such a genius, and he had such a struggle. Uh, as an artist through his life yeah. and was so poor and so broke I would love to break the news to him of how much wheat filled of crows is worth today yeah <laughs> you know oh man I bet he'd be kicking himself that it's not wasn't valued that before he went <laughs> yeah I would you know I, I would just love to look at his face it's just like yeah your paintings are selling for hundreds of millions of dollars so uh, <laughs> you know you, you made it man you know sorry sorry you, you, you offed yourself but uh <laughs> Oh man, that would that'd be horrible to find out, wouldn't it? If you <laughs> find uh, out there hundreds of years later. Yeah. So, I, but I think I think as artists, you always feel that you go from that up and down. And I understand his his torment, and and not that I felt it like that, but 
you come off a project and people are all, you know, slapping you on the back saying, wow, that was the best score I ever heard. I'm so happy. I'm so, you know, this is going to be great. Can't wait for it to come out. And you come, you have this euphoric moment. Yeah. We're like, all right, finally I made it. I'm, you know, I'm there, I'm there. And then the next day you're unemployed. So (laughs) it's, you know, you're always going back and forth with that, the yin and the yang as a composer and an artist in any sort of way. So, well, yeah, you're still freelance, right? So, yeah, (laughs) I, I I feel a struggle. So Vincent Van Gogh, you're the guy I'd have a drink with. (laughs) Awesome. Well, it's been absolutely fantastic having you, Tim. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, Thanks, Sam. I appreciate it. And we're very much looking forward to hearing XCOM 2, which will be out now at time of everyone listening. So I hope you're all enjoying XCOM 2 at the moment. Great. Well, thanks, Sam.